What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. I'm catching up on reviews, so let's talk about Disney's Wish, a movie that I wish had been better. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Merles, still catching up on some movies that I missed while I was away on my honeymoon for a couple of weeks, and one movie that I was not able to see in New Zealand was Wish, the latest film from Walt Disney Animation Studios, also the film that is celebrating the studio's 100th anniversary. It actually doesn't come out in New Zealand until December 26th because Thanksgiving is not a holiday over there, so there's not that big holiday movie-going season like we get here in the States and elsewhere. So I was able to catch the movie when I got back to the U.S., and I wanted to cover it, even though it came out over a week ago, because I do think it's significant, because it is that celebration of the 100th anniversary of Disney, and because I actually have some things to say about it. Wish is from two co-directors. One of them is veteran Chris Buck, who co-directed Frozen and Frozen 2, among other films. And the other director is first-time director Fawn Vera Sunthorn, who was head of story on Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon. The screenplay is from veteran writer Jennifer Lee, who wrote and co-directed Frozen and Frozen 2, and first-time feature writer Allison Moore. The story is credited to all four writers and directors. It didn't work. When does the magic happen? Ah. Oh, something's happened. I'm talking. I am talking. Ah. Who knew my voice would be this low? And I guess if you're Disney and you're looking to put together a movie to celebrate your 100th anniversary, it's not such a bad idea to turn to some of the key creative people behind the Frozen films. They have been some of the biggest films of the 21st century for Walt Disney Animation. And I think it's also admirable that the studio is giving some newcomers a shot at the big chair at co-directing and co-writing these movies. Unfortunately, those decisions don't really pay off very much because Wish just doesn't have the magic of some of Disney's best films or even really some of its better movies. This 100th birthday celebration for Disney began with what seemed like a huge slate of theatrical winners. A third Guardians of the Galaxy movie, a new Indiana Jones film, an ambitious kickoff with Ant-Man to the Kang storyline in the MCU, a live-action remake of one of their most popular films ever, a new Pixar movie, an adaptation of one of the most popular Disney rides, a vibrant follow-up to a billion-dollar MCU hit, and topping it all off, this movie, a reference-filled celebration of the Disney legacy. But this dream theatrical lineup has turned into an absolute nightmare for Disney in 2023, largely because most of these movies come with budgets that are in the range of 150 to 200 to 250 million dollars. And the studio is looking at hundreds of millions of dollars of losses in the theatrical window, not exactly the way I think they wanted to celebrate their 100th birthday. In fact, out of all the movies I mentioned, only one of them. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has proven to be a box office success, although Elemental caught on late and has become a big streaming success as well. 
The fundamental issue with Wish, I think, is that it defies what works for Disney in a bad way. Sometimes you can kind of mix up the formula in a good way, but I think it does something at a very basic level that makes it difficult for the movie to connect with audiences and certainly made it difficult for the movie to connect with me. At their core, I think that some of the most successful animated films from Disney, and this includes Pixar as well, are the ideas that are very simple, the very easy pitches. It's easy to sell it to an audience in a trailer, but inside of this simple idea, you can have much more complicated themes and a much richer narrative. A look at the emotions inside a young girl's head. That's an easy pitch, but a beautiful story about the complications of the human condition. A city run by animals that talk. The concept takes 10 seconds to set up, but the movie contains all sorts of commentary about acceptance and personal prejudice. A video game villain who wants to be good. That's an idea that's quick to understand, but inside of that is a great story about friendship and the idea of the role that you're given to play in society and what it takes to break out of that role. Wish does not fall into the same category. I think it actually does the opposite. It's a very complicated idea that's difficult to sell to an audience and that doesn't really have much going on behind it. Ariana DeBose voices Asha, a young girl in the kingdom of Rosas, which is ruled over by a king and sorcerer named Magnifico, who founded the kingdom as a haven for those looking to escape their troubles. Upon arrival in Rosas, or on their 18th birthday, each citizen surrenders their heart's greatest wish to the king for safekeeping. And when you surrender your wish to the king, you also forget what that wish was. And according to Magnifico, being relieved of your biggest wish in theory is supposed to allow the citizens of Rosas to live a life unburdened by the worries of having to make your dreams come true. Are you following me so far? In addition to extracting and protecting wishes, Magnifico is also able to grant them using his magical powers, and each month, the king selects one citizen and grants their wish, except that Asha finds out that Magnifico only grants the wishes that he believes will protect his role as king and won't cause any trouble, leaving the citizens of Rosas unaware that their greatest desires will never be fulfilled. The people of Rosas are good. They deserve more than- I decide what everyone deserves. So Asha makes her own wish on a star that the people of Rosas could know what it's like to have wishes, and the star comes down from the sky to help Asha with its magical powers to defeat King Magnifico and give the people of Rosas their wishes back. That is a somewhat complicated story, especially for a movie that's skewing towards a younger audience, but sometimes movies are able to give you those little bits of information in a natural way that seems very easily digestible. Wish also is not really able to do that. In fact, a lot of the scenes are pure exposition dumps because it seems obvious that some of the writers or perhaps somebody at the studio were worried that the audience wasn't going to understand what was happening. People come here because they know they can't make their own dreams come true. The journey is too hard, it is too unfair. They give their wishes to me, willingly, and I make it so they forget their work. Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count, guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Putting the complications of the story aside, just conceptually, 
I, I don't think that wish is a very interesting idea. It's not something that grabs me. It's a little abstract. Inside Out was also abstract, but I think it was abstract in a very compelling and relatable way. Wish is just sort of abstract in an alienating way. It'd be a disappointing idea for any Disney movie, but doubly so for the 100th anniversary film. There are multiple references to previous Disney movies, including a group of friends for Asha that are directly inspired by the Seven Dwarves, but the constant reminders of other Disney movies really just made me think about how much more entertaining so many of those other movies were than this one. It really does feel like kind of a missed opportunity. I think that if Disney was looking to do a big 100th anniversary animated film, they could have done the princess crossover thing that was teased in Ralph Breaks the Internet or some other kind of crossover with their animated characters, the Spider-Man No Way Home of Walt Disney animation, if you will. But they opted to go with this idea instead. And the studio's hoped-for triumphant flourish at the end of an ambitious year in movie theaters just further indicates what I think is a studio that is in dire creative straits, which is also creating dire financial consequences at the box office. And when you look at all of the divisions of Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Pixar, Walt Disney Animation, the big money makers, it really does beg the question, how did so many different divisions at the most successful movie studio in the world all fall off a cliff creatively, seemingly at the exact same time? It's a really interesting question and probably a complex one, but I think it's a question that's being asked inside the halls of Disney right now and will continue to be asked in the next days, weeks, and months. Now, something that could have perhaps lessened the blow with Wish and that has saved other films before or at least heightened the effect is the music. Mediocre Disney films have been bailed out by great music before. Frozen wasn't really breaking any new ground in the story department, but the music is what elevated that film. Encanto, I think, owes a lot to Lin-Manuel Miranda's songs, especially We Don't Talk About Bruno. But unfortunately, Wish also can't stand with the Disney greats in the music department. Instead of turning to veteran Disney songs, songwriters, writers that have worked on multiple Disney films before. Wish's songs were produced and written by Julia Michaels, who's written for artists like Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez, and Benjamin Rice, who's produced songs and material for Lady Gaga. And with respect to the musical talents of both artists, the songs just really weren't that memorable to me. They were fairly generic. They were generic Disney songs about generic Disney things set to a generic Disney theme. I didn't really see anything outstanding about them. I didn't walk out humming any of them. Although, to be fair, I said the same thing about the songs in The Greatest Showman. I am a movie critic, not a music critic, so who knows? Maybe this will become the biggest Disney animated soundtrack album of all time. I will graciously cede the fact that I am no expert in the realm of music. The cast of Wish is also talented with Ariana DeBose giving a spirited performance as Asha, Chris Pine having a lot of fun as the menacing King Magnifico, and Alan Tudyk returning to Disney as the voice of a talking goat, but the movie largely fell flat for me. It's a pitch that I personally would have passed on if I were a Disney executive, which, you know, I'm not, or perhaps would have sent it back for more simplification and revisions, and I certainly would not have greenlit Wish as the studio's 100th anniversary celebration movie. And despite the fact that I haven't particularly liked a lot of the output from the studio this year or in the last couple years, I'm not one of those Disney haters. I'm not rooting for Disney to fail. I love the theatrical exhibition industry, and like it or not, Disney has been a large player in keeping those grosses up and keeping movie theaters open and putting movies into theaters that people want to see 
until now. I was actually rooting for them to make a great movie that people really enjoyed that was a big box office hit because that's good for the theatrical industry and that's good for the movie business as a whole, but that's just not what we have here. I think we have a very lackluster film that audiences don't really seem that interested in seeing, which has been the story for a lot of Disney's output this year. So on my personal scale, Wish gets very close to the It's Okay tier, but it's just too bland for me to recommend, so it goes on the upper tier of Not a Fan, Maybe it'll do well on Disney Plus as Elemental currently is doing. But, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of Elemental and I liked that movie better than I did this one. In the end, I think that Wish is going to go down as a lackluster celebration of Disney's centennial and a sign that they have to make some major changes if they want to be around for another 100 years. So those are my thoughts on Wish. I appreciate you watching the review here on the channel. Stay tuned tomorrow because in the afternoon, I will have When the Embargo Drops, a review of a movie that actually hasn't been in theaters for over a week, Wonka, starring Timothy Chalamet. I am anxious to bring my thoughts about that movie to you. And then on Tuesday will be the return of Charts with Dan, where we will talk all about Disney and the Marvels and Wish and the absolute collapse that the studio has seen at the box office this year. A lot of people have been looking forward to that. I'm trying to put in as much research and cover as much as I could because I've been gone for about a month, a month of very, very heavy box office news. So thanks for watching this video and thanks in advance if you plan to watch the other videos and thanks for spending part of your day right here with me. Until next time, stay safe and I'll see you then. Bye.